Welcome to the Blind Apex Podcast, where amateur club racers tune in to get faster. And on this episode, my superstitious self is coming out. We're going to talk about (laughs) wet weather because I can't say the R word. I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm sure Hunter, some of the Spec 3 guys, they're all screaming it right now because they love to chant it. I just can't bring myself to say it. But we're going to talk about wet weather. Now, in my four or five years of racing, I've only had to do it two and a half-ish times. Twice I put on specific tires and once I was out on slicks. And I don't have a lot of uh, opinion on the matter. But joining me is somebody who's been an idol to me, uh, informed me a lot. He is a race coach, a racer, the man behind all of the speed secrets, Mr. Ross Bentley. Welcome to the show. Rain, 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 rain. <laughs> I, I, there, there, I had to say it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Yeah. I put it out. Uh, yeah. There. Put okay. it out in the world. It's okay. I, yeah. I won't put it out there. You can do it all you want. Yeah. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on and allowing me to talk about something that I, I, I enjoy. I actually love driving. Yeah, you in have I, a handful, maybe half a dozen, uh, articles on the topic of racing in inclement weather. And you have uh, three videos on YouTube. Um, one that has really, really struck me on the how to approach it mentally when you're on track. Um, so if anybody, you just search Ross Bentley racing in the R word and uh, it'll come up for you. It it definitely was a eye opener for me. So um, yeah, I think you're talking about that video uh, from when I drove in a race at Coda yes. a, a number of years ago. And um it was one of those, uh, you, you know, I, th- I think it was one of those, uh, it was an endurance race, a World Racing League WRL race at COTA. And uh, the guys that I were driving with, it, the plan was not for me to start the race. But we got there on the track that morning and it was pouring rain and they all kind of looked at me and said, you start. And uh, I just went, whoopee, yippee, I get to do this. And uh, I had an absolute blast. Now, I will say that I did have a later in that stint, the water splashed up in the wrong place on the header. All of a sudden, the windshield completely fogged over, and I had to crawl back to the pits looking at the painted line, the fog line on the side of the track to find my way back to the pits. So um, there was some good, and there was a little bit of bad there, but cleaned the windshield and got back out. So yeah, I love love driving in the rain. It's a interesting topic. I, I do want to get to the car prep side of life. Um, I am very opinionated on that matter. Um, I shorted out an ECU in one of my two and a half ish drives in a in the uh, inclement weather, and so I have lots of opinions on that part. But you in that video talk talked yourself through i mean it wasn't live i'm assuming you dubbed it over afterwards but you talked yourself through how to approach things so what kind of mindset do you go in when 
the sky starts crying and the inclement weather comes out? I, I think the very first part is just embracing it and simply going, hey, it's just water. I don't know about you, but most days I start my day by having a shower and I'm in the shower and it, you know, I don't want to <laughs> go too deep <laughs> right. into what I do in the shower, but I think about driving <laughs> driving in the rain. And, you know, so I, I relate driving in the rain to it feels good being in a shower and it puts me into a good mindset. And I think that's the very first thing that, you know, a lot of drivers, they just, they start by saying, I hate it. I hate it. And uh, what do you do well that Nothing. you hate doing? So, and, and sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Even if you hate it, tell yourself that you love it. And then start thinking about what is it that you could love about it? And I, so I think that that's the first part of it. And that's, you know, what I tried to, I guess, part of what I tried to get across in that, in that video was the, the, nothing scary, bad is going to happen. And, you know, so that was the first part. And then, you know, I tried, yes, I, I dubbed mm -hmm. it over afterwards. I replayed it and just talked over what was going through my mind during those laps. And, you know, some of it was rather than focusing on, oh my God, it's raining. It's slippery. I could slide off and crash. My mindset was, I'm going to go past the next car. I'm going to pass the next car. How am I going to do that? I'm going to set my car up here. I'm going to get the car in the right position. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I was focused on what I was going to do and rather than what I didn't right. like. Uh, so I think that was really what I was trying to get across in, in the video. And yeah, there's some technique part of it, but most of it was around just that mindset of what do I have? And uh, it, it's something that sort of come to me more recently when people say, you know, what do I do about driving in the rain? And one of the things that, that I've told drivers to, to look for is, is focus on the grip that you have rather than the mm -hmm. grip you don't have. And I know that sounds kind of like, well, what's the difference kind of thing, but it, it's very different. I mean, you know, one of the techniques that, that everybody shares about driving in the rain is, you know, go and drive the grippier part of the track where the track has more grip. Well, and that's really what it is. It's focus on where the track has grip, focus on where the car has grip. And yeah, it may not have the same level of grip as the dry right. and won't, but there are places on the track where the, where there is more grip than where there isn't grip. So Focus on where there's grip. Focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do. And I think that's what I, I, what I really tried to get across in that video was yeah, that part of it. part of the attitude you need to have when you're from when you're in the paddock till you turn the key, you roll off grid, you take the green flag. You really have to have that attitude. Uh, uh, I, I've told this story a couple of times or a few times is, uh, Years ago, I was driving in an IMSA race at Watkins Glen, and shortly before qualifying, it just started major mm -hmm. downpour, like just like just pouring down rain. And 
you know, all the teams are, you know, they've got their transporters out and the, the big awnings out the side, or the teams are based in the garages at Watkins Glen. And, and you know, I'm kind of standing there and I look down and I can see many of my competitors kind of standing either in the garage or underneath the awnings of their from their transporter. And they're kind of looking out and looking out up at the sky and kind of, you can almost see them thinking, ah, I sure hope this right. clears up before qualifying. So what I do is I go walking up and down <laughs> in front of them. I just start walk, going for a walk around the paddock in the pouring rain. I'm getting drenched, but I'm thinking this is no different than having the shower I had this morning. And I'm dry, walking around in the pouring rain. And I think the other drivers looked at me like, man, that guy is crazy. And I'm thinking, this is great. They think I'm crazy. They think that I love driving in the rain. And I can sort of, you know, I can be honest about it now. Would I prefer to be dry, have, have a dry qualifying right. session? Yeah, I would have. But I decided to embrace it. And uh, so I just walked around in the pouring rain and got totally drenched and then came back, got changed and got in the car and went out and qualified and got the pole. And, it, and it's like, how, how much of that was my skill and how much of that was my mindset? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm pretty sure my mindset had a big, big and, part of and it. And a big part of your mindset, I feel, is you've taken, you've not shied away from the opportunity to participate in any track day with inclement weather, right? You're, you're not, you don't have the attitude. I, I've heard you on your podcast. You don't go, Oh, I'm going to bag it early because of, you know, situationally sure, but not because of the weather, you're not going to bag it. You're going to go out. You need that experience. I think the more time seat time you have doing it, the more your attitude can easily adjust to it, the more your mindset is correct for it. You know what to anticipate. And I think a lot of people shy away from it. So, Yeah, yeah, you nailed it there. And some people say, yeah, that's, you know, you come from the Pacific Northwest where it rains a lot. Yeah, okay, it rains more than some other places. And yeah, I had the, I guess, Maybe that was an advantage. I didn't grow up in right. Arizona or something like that where it never rains. Uh, uh, so I had more time to practice. But really, you know, it was that attitude of of when it started to rain, I was always the first car on track because I wanted to get more practice than everybody else. And I think that was that's important, too. I mean, you know, I, I'm at a... I'm at mm -hmm. tracks every weekend and, and, uh, you know, it starts to rain and I see a driver go, eh, I'm not going out in the session. It's raining. Why not? There's not a better time to learn more about the, the technique, the controls, the everything, um, that also applies to driving in the dry as well. So it, it's, it's just a, it's a huge learning opportunity that some drivers pass up on. It's, it's yeah, the more time so, you get um, racing, driving in the weather, the more opportunity you have to really sharpen your skills with car control and those car control fe those feelings yeah. you have, no matter if it's wet out or dry, those feelings that you have, you know how to react to them and you, you get more practice that way. We're not always slipping everywhere in the dry. 
in the wet, it's much easier to do. So you have a lot more practice and generally you're turning the speed down a little bit. And so it's actually a lot easier to handle and there's less consequence when you turn it. If you're trying to go down the front straightaway and hit your brake marker, like it's still dry out, the consequences are high. But if you're taking things measured, especially if you're just practicing HPDE, maybe not a race practice day, but if you're still in HPDE, you know, take that time to learn. Yeah, actually, and and you bring up a good point of, you know, you're coming down the front straightaway, you're approaching the first corner, there's a big break zone, let's say, and the, you know, do you start off by braking a little bit earlier? Yes, you do. But what you might find is you end up braking almost at the same place. And the reason is, duh, because you're not traveling as fast. You probably didn't get out of the previous corner as fast. Your top speed down the straightaway is lower. So where you begin braking often is, you know, it's very close to where it is in the dry. And, you know, those are some of the little technique things that that um, you only learn through experience or somebody come along and saying, hey, do this. Um, and, and, and so you said that you did, you've done two, two and a half. Uh, is that, were they races in the rain they were or races. were they practice sessions? Or I, I spent my okay. entire HPDE career in the dry. I couldn't find a wet weather mm-hmm. weekend anywhere on the <laughs> East Coast for me. And so uh-huh. my first one was nerve wracking, but I drive a front wheel drive car. And so I knew there were some, some yeah. advantages to it. You definitely can focus on exit out. More power can come down that way. And I run adjustable sway bar. I think we'll get into maybe how we can adjust the car, but I softened everything, everything, and then yeah. went out. Um, I actually made a mistake and I'll, I'll admit to it later, but uh, you know, the first time out while it was wet, there was spray coming into my car. It was going everywhere in through the windows, the firewall, all that. And so this sort of transition into how we can prep the car. But I've, I, after that race and shorting out at ECU, I made it my goal to seal up the floor and the firewall, not to have not one open millimeter of hole because well, it cost me almost a thousand dollars at the time, but it it was inv- invaluable time, and I missed out on it. About halfway through the race, it shorted out, and I was done. So, and I was enjoying myself. Yeah. I also strategically started in the back because it was a mixed class race, and uh, I purposely started from pit lane so I could miss turn one, and turn one was a little messy. So. And by a little messy, I think we passed yeah. 30 cars going into turn one just because they all went off in some way or another. So, Right. Uh, and you bring up the point of sealing up the firewall and stuff like that. Oh, and by the way, that makes the car safer. If the car ever has yes. a fire and it's in the engine compartment, uh, you know, sealing up the firewall could make the difference of fire getting through to you. So um, there's that side benefit or... I don't even want to call it a side benefit. That maybe is the main benefit. But um, uh, which track was this at? Curious. It was at Virginia International Raceway. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, 
So, you know, the thing about VIR is, you know, there is that dry line or there's a wet line. There's, you know, uh, it it tends, some tracks have a very dramatic rain line versus Mm -hmm. dry line. Some tracks, it doesn't change a whole lot. And a lot of times it comes down to the surface. You know, Mm -hmm. if you go and walk a track or you, you know, you, you look at the pavement and there's, you know, it's. If the pavement is very porous, you know, there's lots of little divots in between the stones and the, in the asphalt and things, that's places where the water can go. And, uh, but if, you know, if you're on a newly resurfaced track, you know, I was just at Road America um, recently and you know, were looking at the pavement they put down just recently in the pave that got the repaving they did end of last year, I guess it was, in... Uh, I would not want, well, I would either not want to, or I would want to be in the rain right now on that track because I believe it's going to be quite slippery. And the reason Mm -hmm. is, is that it's a very, it's almost like there's a sealer down on the top of the pavement. It's so, um, smooth and there's not much, uh, you know, pores in between the, the stones and stuff for the water to go to. And obviously you know, as more and more cars drive on that dry line, that fills up those little pores in the pavement with rubber, and that becomes the slipperiest part of the track. So that's why we drive offline many times in the in the rain. Um, VIR has got some parts of the track where the goal is to drive off of the dry line. The challenge with VIR is, you know, going up through the S's, you cannot avoid. <laughs> all of the dry line. There are places on that track where you just cannot avoid it. So you kind of go from, I got some grip. I don't have much grip. I got a little bit more grip and it's changing all the time. And uh, mid Ohio is the extreme example of that right now where they've got Mm -hmm. a little concrete patch and then there's some regular pavement and there's some sealed pavement. And you're constantly searching for that grip and you're, and it's constantly changing. You know, you go from, there are places at Mid-Ohio, for example, at the end of the straightaway, as you come into turn four of the pro course, you know, at the end of the long back straightaway and you turn into that right hander, you you kind of drive across the sealer and it's like, I'm just going to slide across. And when I get to the other side, the car is going to get some grip and then it's going to turn. So you anticipate that I've got practically no grip there. You slide across, you get some grip, and then you the car turns. And, and that, to me, is super fun mm-hmm. because it's not doing the same thing. You know, I, I'm not going to say that driving in the dry is boring, but it's really kind of the same. You drive pr- very close to the same line all the time, whereas in the rain, that line changes from is it pouring rain? Is it a little bit of rain? Is it drying right. out? Is it getting right. wetter? It's constantly changing. So you constantly are searching and trying different lines. So um, maybe it's my, uh, uh, I tell people all the time that I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of one of those people. Maybe it's a little ADHD. I don't know what it is, but uh, that that's me. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why I love driving in the rain is because it's constantly different. I, that's, that's the challenge. The dynamics definitely change. They they will change as 
the weather increases or as it tapers off the track, like you said, the track, all the tracks react differently. Um, I find myself just trying to avoid the painted curbs at VIR when it's wet. Um, but I've only been there twice when it's been that way. So I couldn't tell you one way or the other, whether it's really working or not, but, uh, I know they're much more slippery, um, say than exiting turn 10 at summit point in the wet was a little different. There's more grip. There's like more sand in their paint or something. So. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago I was at uh, Red Bull ring in Austria. I was coaching mm-hmm. drivers of, um, there and, uh, uh, it was raining and there the goal is get to the curbs as fast as you can because oh, they wow. put like a same, same, a sand kind of thing into the paint. And it, it's, it's almost like drive for the curbs and get there as soon as you can and then do all your turning when you get there. So in most tracks, it's not, it's like, stay off the paint, stay off the paint. So, right. um, you know, and that's one of those things where, uh, walking the track beforehand, we walked it. And as we're walking it, we're, you know, scuffing our foot along and going, wow, this is probably going to have really good grip in the rain. And one of the, I think it was the second session or something like that. It started raining and the drivers I was working with, I mean, they immediately just went, go to the curb, just go drive the curb. So, um, one of the other many reasons for going and doing a track walk. Oh, absolutely. It increases your overall awareness. Um, it, it provides that awareness before you get out there, you know, well, maybe I need to try out here. You know, it could be at the first yeah. place you go to because you've done the track walk. You've been out there. You've seen what the pavement looks like. You know, the elevation, you know, whether it's cupping out there or whether it's going off camber or anything like that. And it can be really beneficial. Um, there's video after video on it, but I really implore people to check out your virtual track walks because they've been beneficial to me in the past, especially the VIR one. Um, but yeah, it, it helps, makes you uh, aware. Yeah. It helps that I partner up with Peter Krause and those things. P- Peter practically lives at VIR. So, uh, that's, that's a, that's a good one. So, um, so was your second race in the rain? Was it at VIR as well? It was, it was. And I actually started so with the main pack at that point. Okay. So I'm curious, what were the big sort of, aha, Ooh, I'm starting to get an idea or feel for this. What, what improved from the first one to the second one, other than the ECU, not shorting out? Oh, <clears throat> it, I actually had an ignition problem at that one because the ignition setup got wet. So but oh, both, okay. both of those times have been terrible. Um, but, the aha moments for me, like you said earlier, is I wasn't quite coming out of hog pen like you can do it in the dry. You you can't load up in hog pen the same way when there's a river coming across the bottom. So right. that pushed my brake marker because I was we were checking up more like an HPDE line, more checkup, drive in straighten out, check up again, and then come in and just slowing way down, uh, to get through that. Yeah. There's a stream that crosses down there in hog pen. So that really impacted my straightaway speed by probably seven or eight miles an hour, to be honest. Um, and then my brake marker went basically almost back to where I was. So 
and you and you bring up a couple of sort of key techniques, I guess, rain driving techniques. You know, one is if there's a stream, a river, a puddle on the track, do whatever you can to have the wheels pointing straight when you go across that. You know, mm-hmm. just there are there are times where you know it's almost like you know there's a there's going to be a stream partway through the corner and you've got a wheel in it. You're turning the wheel, you're turning the wheel, you're turning the wheel. And then just before you hit that, you straighten the wheel up, drive straight across it. And then once you get to the other side, you turn the wheel again. And again, those are the kind of things that you don't ever think about or having to do in the dry, but it, it's that extra little challenge of driving in the rain. And so, you know, having the wheels straight as you're going across that to avoid, you know, the hydroplane and spinning sideways kind of a thing. But the other part of that is, or related to that, I guess, really is, is the the line. You know, if if given uh, one particular corner uh, in the dry versus in the rain, you would want to drive to drive what I call squaring the corner off, and by that I mean going deeper into the corner, turning the corner the car sharper, which means slowing it down more. But mm-hmm. then driving it on a straighter line coming out of the corner. And the idea being for most tires, most cars, you lose more lateral grip. So side to side cornering grip mm-hmm. than you do longitudinal mm-hmm. grip. So you're, you know, going from the dry being 100% both, you know, let's, for example, here, and I'm not saying this is the way it is, but let's say your your longitudinal grip, your braking and acceleration grip might drop to 80%, whereas your cornering grip might drop to 85%. So the takeaway from that is spend less time cornering and more time driving straight. Okay. And it's almost like turn the turn the track into a series of drag strips and drive it down in a straight, turn the thing, drive it back in a straight, turn it, do that, and do that as much as you possibly can. Now, on road courses we can't do that entirely but you know coming out of hog pen rather than sort of that big long uh gradual release of the steering wheel you try to drive it down a little deeper get the car to turn so you can open your hands and get your hand pointing straight a little sooner mm-hmm. so in a way you late apex you you spend more time late apexing than you would in the dry uh, so those kinds of things of driving with your hands pointing straight more often is always a good thing in the rain. Okay. You, you must have my notes in front of you because I wrote it down (laughs) watching your, your Coda video. You said, um, he's not squaring up. He's not squaring off the corner and it's hurting him in the weather. And I was like, okay, I want to know what that's about. Um, so yeah. Okay. That makes sense though. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. I mean, the driver, I can't remember exactly, but the, you know, the driver that was in front of me, I think was they were driving kind of the dry line, which meant a lot of cornering forces. Whereas mm-hmm. I just go a little deeper, turn the car, square it off. Again, I call it squared it off. Cause it's more of a, you know, in the perfect world, it's almost like a right angle. And then you turn again. So, um, in, in you know, the, I think, you know, the best rain drivers do that. Um, okay. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the, one of the techniques that, that, uh, try you aim for in the rain. And, and again, then you got to factor in, well, is that where the track has the most grip? Because sometimes 
the best thing you can do is just drive all the way around the outside edge of the track, around a corner. Because nobody drives out there in the dry. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, the track is not polished smooth. There's never a lot of rubber built up in that porous part of the, the asphalt. And the track just has way more grip out there. And, you know, it's also referred to kind of as a, a rim shot. You know, if you watch motocross racers, sometimes they they run that big high line around the outside because it's up mm -hmm. against the berm or the, or the rim and the bike just has all this grip around there. And it's the same kind of thing in the rain sometimes. The scary part as a driver is you, you don't have a whole lot of room margin for error there. Zero. You, know, you could be, you, you know, and sometimes the very best drivers, the tires, the outside tires will be like, six inches from the edge of the track and you're like mm -hmm. wow there's no margin for error but the grip level is so high there they don't need as big a margin for error right so it's kind of a there's a balance there so you talked about searching for the grippiest pavement and I, i've seen that in several of your articles that you have on racing in the weather so one of the things that you talk about is initiate slow and react fast. Mm -hmm. So can you explain that philosophy a little bit? Well, we all know that smooth is fast, right? That's been drilled into every driver's head a billion times, right. sometimes maybe even a little bit too far. But the smoother you input, uh, you know, uh, the, the application and release of the brake pedal and the, and the gas pedal, the smoother you turn the steering wheel, the more time the tires have to build up their grip level. The, you know, the analogy I always use is, and this applies to the dry and to the rain equally, is you know if you take a piece of, you take a piece of thread or string, and you're holding it on either end with both hands, so you're pulling that apart, you're pulling it apart, and you very slowly pull it apart. It takes a lot of effort to break that string. But if you very quickly go snap and you snap that, I know that, you know, podcasts, you can't see all this, but but the idea is that, you know, if you kind of snap the string, it breaks it much quicker. It's the same mm -hmm. thing with the with tires. If you come up to a corner and you just really quickly just like whap, whap the steering wheel and like really rotate it quickly, we all know that that's going to break the tires loose sooner. So the idea of initiate slowly is initiate your inputs with the steering wheel, with the brake pedal, with the gas pedal, slowly, smoothly. But a mistake I see a lot of drivers make is, okay, the car is sliding a little bit. I'll catch it. I'll catch it. I'll catch it. I'll catch it. Oh, I didn't catch it. Mm -hmm. So once the car starts to either understeer or oversteer, don't wait then. That's when you got to be quick. You've got to have quick hands. So a lot of drivers are so programmed, so trained to be smooth with the inputs right. that they're not quick enough to catch it. And a lot of times what causes a spin is the car starts to slide and the driver is trying to catch it with smooth, slow hands. And at that point in time, you need quick hands to catch it. Uh, okay. And that's what's going to keep you on the track. So that makes sense to me, but you also say in other articles that in the weather, you want to make the car do something and not wait yeah. for it. So how, 
how do we marry those two principles for racing in the weather? Okay. So first of all, I'm worried because it sounds like you've read everything that I've written. So, (laughs) uh, and I'm afraid you're going to come up with something. No. Uh, so this was a big lesson for me in my very first season of racing. And I'd raced in a rain one time and kind of got my butt kicked and went, I'm not going to let that happen to me again. So every practice session I would go, when it rained, I would go and I would go and drive in the rain all the time. Mm -hmm. And this was one of those things where I, kind of mistakenly enter the corner too fast. So I turned into the corner and the car started to understeer. The car started to slide. Uh, And like from the moment I turned the steering wheel, from the initial turn in, it started to slide. But as I was getting to that point, I was like, oh, I'm going a little bit too fast. Okay, the car is probably going to slide. So I was while I was making a mistake and I hadn't intentionally done that at that time, it I was a little bit prepared for it because I was kind of like, oh, going a little fast. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. So then I continued to practice that. And mm-hmm. I deliberately would enter the corner just a little bit, uh, you would say in some ways too fast, but actually it really is the right speed. But it's fast enough to make the car do something. I found that where I was before was I would come into the corner and I'd turn in and the car would be kind of on rails. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be stuck. Right. And I would turn in and then I'd spin part of the corner going, when's it going to slide? When's it going to slide? When's it going to slide? Oh, then it slid. So then I was having to react to it. And because I was reacting to it, it wasn't a smooth reaction. It wasn't, I couldn't initiate slowly. But if I come into a corner and I, you know, let's say it's a, a a corner that I typically in the dry would trail break into that corner a little bit to help me rotate the car. In this case, what I might do is I might start releasing the brake pedal just a little bit sooner, smoothly, mm-hmm. but just a little little earlier, still slowly and smoothly, but a little bit earlier. So I kind of unloaded the front end of the car as I'm coming to the corner, which kept my speed up. And it made the car understeer. So now I'm coming to the corner and I'm deliberately making the car understeer. And I come into the corner and it's like, okay, it's understeering. I know, I know it. I, you know, I deliberately made it understeer. So I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. And now I work the throttle and my steering the rest of the way through the corner to have or to keep some of that understeer all the way through the corner. And now the car is not taking me by surprise. Or, you know, I might depending on the car and the corner and everything else, I might come into the corner and go, I'm going to trail brake a little longer and kind of deliberately make the car just rotate a little bit, oversteer just a tiny little bit on entry, pick up the throttle, and then sort of maintain just that little bit of that oversteer through the rest of the corner. So I've made the car do something so that it doesn't surprise me. And to do that, you have to initiate slowly. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if it does something bigger than I wanted, understeer more than I wanted or oversteer more than I wanted, I'm going to catch it quickly. Like I'm not going to be slow, too slow with my hands at that point or right. my throttle or brake. So, so that's how you marry it. And, and I got to say that that, that uh, mindset of make the car do something was what turned my driving in the rain 
It made all the difference in the world. Made me from a, took me from a mediocre at best rain driver to mm-hmm. a guy that could win races in the rain. Uh, so I think that that and then you know thinking about that whole idea of of uh, focus on the grip that I had mm-hmm. and don't get overly concerned about the grip that I don't have because I'm again doing things deliberately. I'm I'm proactive about it rather than reactive. Yeah, and I think when you can marry making the car do something, but your your initiation is slow and smooth, your reaction is quick and fast. Say the corner that's behind you, he has he has a 180 hairpin behind him. If you come in that way, initiate, get yourself corrected quickly, you have gone to your the other thing you've talked about, which was you're squaring the corner off that corner behind you is impossible to square off. If you do not make the car do something. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you got it. (laughs) So, and you know, I, you know, I have a goal here, you know, I'm going to, uh, my, my goal is by the end of this, you're going to say the, the, the R word. And, uh, because you know, the superstition part you mentioned earlier on, yeah. it's part of our belief system, right? I mean, really, that's that's what superstitions are. It's mm-hmm. part of our belief system. If we believe that, you know, a black cat walks across in front of me, I'm going to have bad luck. Well, that's – if we truly, truly believe that, you know, that's that's part of our belief system. And, and if you believe that you are good in the rain – you're going to be better in the rain than you would have been if you were like, I, you know, I suck in the rain. (laughs) So I don't believe I'm terrible in any of it. I, I I think that I take every opportunity to improve, especially when there's weather out. My superstition is when I was a kid playing baseball, if the R word occurred, we didn't get to play. (laughs) And ah, so we were never okay. allowed to say it and it's haunted oh. me ever since. So, okay. Well, yeah, I, I can play. Yeah. 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 And actually what I love about that is the word play. Mm-hmm. Cause that's really what you do when you go in the rain, you're playing. When you think about it, what, what, whether we're racing, you know, or HPD, DE track day, whatever, we're just out there to play. It's it's, it's playtime. So um, when it rains, you can play. Absolutely, baseball. That's yes. a different thing. Now, it's if you're different. if you're an oval track racer or a drag racer, different deal. But uh, us road course types, uh, we play in the rain. Yeah, we I, do. I, I sometimes I sometimes picture us. You know, when you see a little three or five year old kid wearing rubber boots, mm-hmm. and they go up to a puddle and they stomp their feet in the puddle, and they you know play in, in the puddle. That's the way I think of us when we're driving in the rain. It's, oh, we're just we're little kids playing in the puddle. Absolutely, that I, I think of it very similarly. Uh, it's it's a good time to be out there, and there's always yeah. something to learn. And we come off track, and we're just as jovial whether it was dry or wet, you know. So we're we're all having a good time racing together, and we're learning together, and it's there's you should always go out so and and i love that attitude of yours is the learn 
that's why we're there. Improve and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every session, there's something to learn. So every yeah. race yeah. practice qualifying, there's something to learn. Um, so I, yeah, you, you did say that I've read everything and I've listened to almost everything. So one of the big things Scary. for me was softening up the car. Now my wife does off-road driving and what they tell you to do is air down. That is not what you do or not what you recommend, at least as of a couple of years ago, if I remember correctly. So let's talk about tire pressures. Okay. So I get to use my favorite phrase. Mm-hmm. It depends. Okay. And, and so there are times where, where, uh, less tire pressure is good. And there are times when more tire pressure is good. I'm going to say often, and again, it's going to depend on the type of tire and all sorts of other things, but, but, um, often if it's like really heavy rain and there is that stream running across the track and there are puddles building up often more tire pressure helps. And the reason for that is you get sort of a, a crown on the tire and, you know, so rather than having a flat, you know, a flat surface across the tread, mm-hmm. um, you get a bit of a bulge in that tire. So in a, in, in a way, effectively, you've narrowed the width of the tire. And now that tire can slice through the puddle. And I've had times where I've increased the tire pressure dramatically. And I was the only car on track that wasn't hydroplaning hitting the puddles. Right. And when the, when it was raining really hard and there was lots of, lots of water build up on the track. Now, when it's, when it's, um, let's say it's more average rain, mm-hmm. this is where it gets a little bit tricky because, uh, because what you're really trying to do is you're trying to get to that ideal optimum hot tire pressure. Now let's, let's pick a number here. Let's say, your hot, your optimal hot tire pressure is 30 PSI. Mm-hmm. When you start, when the tires are cold, let's say you would start your tire pressures at 25. And on a dry track, they would raise 5 PSI and therefore would be at your hot optimal pressure at, at 30. If you're starting in the rain, to get to that 30, you might have to start with the tire pressures at 27 because the tire, the temperature isn't going to raise in them. So it's not going to increase the pressure so much. So in that case, to get to that optimal pressure where you've got the maximum tread width on the, on the track, because you're not worried about hydroplaning, um, you're just looking for ultimate grip to get to 30, you may have to raise your tire pressures to start. So sometimes that's an advantage. There are times when, when the, the surface is damp, but you've got heat in the tires where you would want a little bit less pressure because mm-hmm. for the same reasons as, as softening the springs, any roll bars, dampers, you know, all of those kinds of things, um, you, softening those helps so you're not transferring as much load which keeps the tires more planted all equally for on the, on the, on the track, 
um, for the same reason, you know, the tires are a spring. So by softening the tire pressures, lessening the tire pressures, they become a softer spring. Mm-hmm. And that time, that in sometimes gives you more, more grip. Um, so that's why it depends. So I've just gone from, you might want to raise your tire pressures a lot. You might want to raise them just a little bit to get to that ideal hot pressure, or you might want to lower them a little bit to go along with the, with the, uh, uh, intent of softening the overall, um, Load transfer springs, everything else. Um, you're softening that to to gain more overall grip, more overall grip that way. You know, in some ways, even in the dry, if we soften the springs, if we soften the dampers, if we soften the anti roll bars, we actually gain more overall grip. The downside is the car becomes sloppy, mm-hmm. it becomes unresponsive. It becomes you know you turn the wheel and it kind of goes rolls, kind of leans, and then you get your grip and on the track, the reason we sometimes go stiffer on all those things is to get that responsiveness. So it's more, um, it transitions quicker. Well, mm-hmm. in the rain, you can't transition quicker because there's not enough grip to do that. So that's why we can soften things like the springs and any roll bars and dampers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, um, that's why the, that's why the saying it depends is so popular. Yeah, it will. It's going to depend on the tire you run. It's going to depend on the track, like we talked about before. It's going to depend on your comfort level. It's going to depend on how much of the weather is coming. Um, And and they're all correlated and related, and, and you have to make your judgment there. You made a good reasoning for doing each one, you know, and... And you have to take that reasoning into account as you prepare to head yeah. out. So, and, go ahead. And you touch so you, you you touch on something there as well is is you know there are times where you know let's say it's a race and it's twenty minutes before your race and it's raining, but you see blue sky over there. That's when it gets really tricky mm-hmm. because. You could go, okay, let's put the rain set up on the car. Let's soften the car. And it might be good for the first five minutes, but then the track dries out and you get your butt kicked for the last 25 minutes of the race or right. whatever it is if it's a sprint race. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I'm involved in IMSA coaching and we're doing, you know, two hour and 40 minute races, a sprint race, you know, six hour races, 10 hour races, 12 hour races, 24 hour races. And, you know, if you're doing a 12 hour race, and you know it's going to rain, but it's doubtful that it's going to rain for 12 hours straight, you pretty much leave the dry setup on the car mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, suffer through it, do the best you can while it's raining, but know that it's going to dry, it's going to be more, it's going to spend more time being dry than it is wet. And therefore, you go that way. Now, if it's a, you know, it's a four hour race. And you know that it's going to rain for the next three hours. Put the rain set up on and suffer for the last hour as it dries out. So there's all of those kinds of things. And uh, just one other little quick thing on the tire, on the prep thing is, you know, if you're in a class of car where you run rain tires or slicks um, or rain tire and a dry tire, 
there have been many times where I used to have my car sitting up on stands and one side of the car has got rain tires on it and one side has got dry tires on it. And the reason for that is if I've got to make a change in the last 30 seconds, this way I only have to change two tires. Yep. So. Yeah, that's a good tip. It can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're cutting it close, when you're looking where the prevailing winds come from and the sky is either dark or blue, you you know, you're making those last minute decisions. That's a good tip. Um, I wanted to comment. Uh, you said you had to come in once because you had a visibility issue. I do not understand yeah. why people remove a heater core. I understand yes. why you remove it from a production car, but there are tiny, heavy BTU. I, I think the one in my race car is 11 pounds wet. So when you fill up all the lines and it has a fan and it's like 38,000, 37,000 BTUs or something like that, it clears my windshield no problem. I took out yeah. 50 and I put 11 back in. Find 11 pounds somewhere else. I don't understand that. Yeah. But. Well, so the, that visibility piece is, man, that's a huge, huge deal. Uh, and, and, you know, that, um, making sure there's other airflow. Like I've had cars that had, you know, the production uh, heater core still in there and mm -hmm. it's struggling. Um, I also know people, you know, you can, I don't know, go to AutoZone or whatever and you can buy one of those uh, um things that you could put in the rear window. Basically it's the, you know, the little wires, right. um, you know, it's for the rear window defogger kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of guys will actually put one of those on the windshield yep. and uh, that's, you know, you have that, you have some air flowing on there. And if you've got the, the, you know, production heater core and all that kind of stuff, um, uh, I, I'm a great believer in go overboard on making sure you have visibility. And, you know, if, if you're uh, like, you know, I grew up racing open wheel cars and open cockpit mm -hmm. cars. Um, keeping your visor on your helmet from fogging, there's a challenge. Right. Uh, <laughs> and very early on, I learned that, well, you know, if I just put a little rolled up piece of tape in the in there and just so that it holds my visor from completely closing... And then, of course, in the middle of the race, rainwater got in with a piece of sand, and I got a piece of sand stuck in my eye and oh. drove the last half of the race with, with one eye practically. Uh, oh. uh, so that's not a good one, but, uh, you, you know, doing everything you possibly can to ensure you have good visibility is, is just, it's massive. Um, take the time. It, it, it improves safety, right? So... Yes. It doesn't matter how well you're doing on track. We always know if you blow a flag, that's that's it. doesn't matter where you are, right? And you have to be able to see those corner workers. We talked about awareness earlier. You want to be able to see where you're going. You want, you're going to find new markers, right? When you're out there finding that grip, you're going to find new markers for yourself. And you need to be able to see it. If it's half fogged up, mostly fogged up, you're, you're almost blind out there. So that's my big pet peeve, yeah. so... And a couple things out of that. One is um, I, I often say the driver that has the most references wins the race. Hmm. And part of that 
you know, in the rain, sometimes we cannot see our usual references as well. So if you're coming in to a heavy braking zone, you're coming to turn one at VIR and you're right behind another car and they're sprayed off that other car in front of you, you may not be able to see your brake point that you normally use. So when it is dry, you need to collect other references, secondary uh, references where, you know, okay, you know, I typically brake at the 400 marker. What's on the other side of the track at 400 or just before it or just after it? What else can I see? Is there some other crack in the pavement or is there something else that I can see? So having um, alternative, additional references is super important. And the time to get those is not waiting till it's starting to rain. It's actually collect those when it's dry, make note of those when it's dry so that you can use them in the, in the rain. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story about a, a driver that I know who was in his very first season of racing and he was doing a, uh, like an endurance club race and he's driving the car and the experienced driver in the team had told a story about how he was in a race and the windshield fogged up and he was like loosening off his shoulder belts to lean forward to wipe the windshield. Oh, So, which is not a good piece of advice, but my, or not my, the, the, the guy that I know who was, you know, a very, he was a novice, his first season of racing. He hears this story. So he's on track. His windshield's fogging up because it's pouring rain. What does he do? He loosens his belts. Yeah. And then gets to a corner and is, and the windshield just goes, and it's completely, totally blind. Like I'm seeing the video afterwards and there is not a way in the world that this driver could have known where to turn the wheel. So he guessed and he missed off in the grass and into the, into a tire wall. Mm-hmm. And the only good thing about it was he had loosened his belts to try to wipe the windshield, realized that he couldn't quite do it. So he tightened his belts and it was like three seconds later that he crashed. Oh, wow. If his, oh, wow. if he had not tightened his belts, he, he would have been hurt badly. So please, please do not, do not do that. No. Uh, you're better off slowing down. You're better off pulling in. You're better off doing just about anything. Else. Do not loosen your belts to wipe the windshield. I know drivers who in the rain in endurance races, they have like a little stick or a squeegee with a rag on the end of it where they can reach down and reach up and wipe the windshield. I'm much more in favor of your approach of fix it before you get on track with the right system. Yeah. So, and here's a story for your, for the folks about the brake markers. You don't need a secondary reference just for the wet weather. You need it for the dry. <laughs> yeah. My last race, yeah. we got released. We were the first group. We were doing standing start. We go, lo and behold, group, I don't know, three of four. They had a wild start. And there's no brake marker, but the one in the six left. We come around for lap two and I'm like, oh, well, that's cute. You know? Yeah. And and you could see yeah. everyone in my mirrors. Everyone's looking for their markers. And it's all the markers on the side that got mowed down and everyone was guessing. So yeah. get them early. Well, get them yeah. in the dry. You'll use them in the wet and the dry. I promise. 
That's why I say the driver that collects the most reference points wins. Absolutely. I I learned that lesson yeah. last race, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. All right. So I think that covers everything I wanted to cover about racing in the weather. What do you have? Do you have anything else saved? Do you have any more topics you wanted to cover? Oh, you know, yeah, we could probably go on forever. But, uh, um, you know, the, the bottom line is learn to enjoy it. That's the biggest thing. And, and you know, you touched on improving and learning. And what you learn from driving in the rain is going to make you a way, way better driver in the dry as well. Even to the to the point of in the rain, you may absolutely need those secondary reference points. In the dry, they're going to help you in a situation where somebody mows down the, the brake markers or you're in a pack of cars and your view is blocked. Yep. So, you know, all the things about car control and all that kind of stuff that people have said for years about, um, you know, why you should drive in the rain applies. And some people say, yeah, but the risk level goes way up. Well, you're in charge of that. You're in charge of that risk level. And, you know, that doesn't mean going out there and crawl around, but the the more you drive in the rain, as you mentioned in the very beginning, the more you drive in the rain, the better you get at it. And I don't think that the risk level is any higher in the rain than it is in the dry. Uh, if you have the right mindset, you, you think about using the things that we've talked about here and you drive proactively rather than reactively. Yep. I learned that lesson too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I only got half of a yeah. race in while it was wet out. So, <laughs> and to your point, you know, the, the car prep, um, if you think, if you think, Oh, water won't get there, it will. <laughs> oh yeah, it will for sure. Yeah. 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 I, you know, the number of top level, high, super professional race teams, that have had car issues, electrical issues in the rain. It's, it's surprising. So even the best miss that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're not the best. They're, they're close to the best. Um, but yeah, do that prep beforehand and it, it will make a difference. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bentley, where can people find you more about the speed secrets, the books that you've authored, all that sort of stuff. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, speedsecrets.com, you know, that, that's, that's my home for everything. Um, and, well, almost everything, you know, I've, I've actually just recently launched speedsecrets.ai, which Mm -hmm. is a a really, I I think it's very cool. I'm, I'm embracing this whole AI thing where, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's, I say it's like Google on steroids Mm -hmm. with the only difference is it only ever accesses content that I've created. Now, I'm not saying I'm the greatest or anything like that, but I've used things like chat GPT and, and ask questions. And if it comes back with Florida five points, three of them are fantastic. One of them is okay. And one of them is, ah, I don't really think that's right. That's inaccurate. Um, because speedsecrets.ai only pulls from my content. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> At least I believe most of it, um, not all of it, because I don't believe I don't believe all of what I've said. But uh, uh, 
you know, so and the whole idea of it is you can be at the track and you can think about, you know, hey, I'm getting out, you know, I get out braked every session. What can I do to improve my braking? You can type that into this thing and then, you know, it'll come back with a, an answer. And then based on that, you can ans- ask another question and keep digging. And it's kind of like I'm sitting beside you in the paddock and you go, you know, I'm getting out braked by everybody. Well, next session, you could do this or you could do this. And that's what this thing does. It's it's kind of um, a little bit mind-boggling uh, w- what it does. And uh, I've tried to fool it myself, and I haven't mm-hmm. been able to do it yet. So, well, so it's I'll doing a pretty good a job, job of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool. So that and, uh, yeah, uh, speedsecrets.com or speedsecrets.ai. Uh, if you're a sim racer, I have simraceracademy.com. And it's all content based around or focused on sim racing. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Awesome. Or all the usual social awesome. media stuff. So Yeah, that's great. Um, the race car version of Skynet, Ross Bentley is creating it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, how can you get a hold of me? The, the, the thing that I like the most is when I'm at a track mm-hmm. and somebody just goes, hey, um, just want to say hi because I've you know read your stuff or I heard your video or something like that. Um, I love it when somebody comes up and says hello at the track. And uh, there are times when I'm like smack in the middle of coaching somebody and I don't right. have a ton of time. Right. And I apologize right now if that's the case, but uh, I love I love meeting fellow track driving junkies at the at the track. So say hello if I'm there. I sure will. Sure thank, you, sir, for, yeah, thank you, sir, for coming on and joining us and talking about talking racing about in the wet weather. Come on, say it. No, I can't do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I loved talking about racing in the rain. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, sir. Thank okay. you. Keep, keep learning and having fun. I will. Until next time, keep working on yourself. Keep working on the car and let's get faster.